Welcome back to another episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. You can catch a live recording of the show over on YouTube where I stream every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Go subscribe to my channel if you haven't already. It's Angela Ucci, Heaven and Healing Podcast, and be sure to ring the bell to be notified for live stream reminders and more. Whatever platform you're currently listening on, please give the show a five-star rating and written review to help get this into more people's ears. And please consider partnering with the ministry as Heaven and Healing is entirely crowdfunded. There are different options to support the show down in the episode description. Thank you so much for your continued support and prayers. Enjoy the episode and God bless. Welcome back to Heaven and Healing. I'm Angela. So look, I'm just going to get right into it, okay? I'm not making this video to be another voice in the Israel echo chamber. Uh, there are plenty of prophecy experts you can be learning from. There's plenty of other resources to derive credible information. And I highly recommend that you seek those out. Uh, testing everything to the word of God, of course, which, by the way, should be your top source of prophecy or information to begin with. But my point is, um, although I will touch on it to start because it does matter, all of it matters, this particular message today from me isn't necessarily to feed you any more of that right now. I don't feel led for that to be my particular function in the body of Christ at this time when I am only about two years into the faith and still learning all about this myself. Okay, but that said, the Lord has definitely burdened me to pray and invite anyone who watches my podcast or is just stumbling upon this video, there's no coincidence there, inviting all of you to pray along with me. And to that, I'd also like to encourage you to fast on behalf of the Lord's current timeline as these affairs continue to unfold. Um, I would be fasting right now if I wasn't pregnant, which is why I'm really going to plea with all of you to consider a fast, pray on it, and follow through if the Lord so convicts you to do so. Now, look, the devil has honestly, um, you know, we're about two weeks into what's going on right now at this point, and the devil has definitely tempted me with fear in putting this out at all. Um, but that's how I know it's the devil, right? Because God's word promises that he has not given us a spirit of fear. And so that's why I really want to put this out there, uh, you know, to rebuke the collective fear that the enemy and just kind of like the instinct of our flesh is tempting all of us to in this time. But more importantly, to encourage our steadfast faith believing God over our circumstances, and of course, a call to action for intercession prayer. Because, you know, despite what the world always likes to say in times of tragedy that, you know, we don't want your thoughts and prayers, we as children of God know that because of Jesus, who knew no sin, yet became sin for us, we are thus made righteous 
We are made the righteousness of God. And his word tells us, it promises that he hears the prayers of the righteous. So we know that our prayers are not in vain, right? We know that prayers are indeed the best thing we can do to wield the shield of faith in knowing that God is not only listening to us, but that he is faithful to us, okay? And not only that, but we are instructed by his word in Philippians to not be anxious, to not be anxious about anything, but in all things, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, very important, with thanksgiving, to present our requests to God. So please see this video through to the end. I don't intend for it to be very long and just pray alongside me y'all intercede with me lock arms with me as your sister in Christ in agreement that the word of God will never return void because that's what it promises we put on the whole armor of God together wielding the sword of the spirit and we call out to our heavenly father together as the body of Christ because he does and will always hear us. Hallelujah. Um, I know that, you know, y'all watch YouTube and I watch YouTube to be entertained for the most part or whatever, but this is important, okay? Intercession and prayer is our responsibility. So I really want to bring that forward. And all that said, as already established, and as you can obviously tell by the title of this video, this is about Israel, right? This is... um interceding on behalf of Israel and all innocent lives and just the people of God as a whole and all the lost souls, um, everything that's been happening the past week and a half, almost two weeks now in real time, the week in October of 2023. And you know, what's really incredible about all of this is that it's the Bible playing out right before our eyes. And that's because the Bible always has, always does, and always will play out right before our eyes. So really for any believer, it's easy to understand these current events because God told us what will happen before it happens. And you've probably seen this particular verse shared in some sphere of social media by now many times already, but I do want to share it again, that the Lord told us by prophet Zechariah, and in that day, I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. All that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces though all the people of the earth be gathered against it. Or another translation for that would be, Jerusalem will be a heavy stone burdening the world. And although the nations of the earth unite in an attempt to move her, they will all be crushed, right? A heavy stone burdening the world. All nations of the earth will attempt to move her and they will be crushed. That's pretty cut and dry, precise language. Now, with that in mind, it's no secret that we are seeing U.S. leaders say that we stand with Israel, right? No attempts to move her there, of course, but the U.S. hasn't scripturally supported Israel, which is the only way that matters to God. So I just want to mention that because, of course... As always, with everything, we are being bombarded with propaganda during this. And make no mistake, y'all, it's an illusion that Trump made anything better for Israel or for us, okay? Um, 
And that that's an entirely separate thing. And when I say Israel and us, I mean as a unit. Um, he did do good for our country, entire other topic. Just did a whole episode on crisis conservatism. Go check it out. But what, what I'm saying is that it's an illusion that Trump made anything better for the state of Israel and America as a unit. Um, and that's an entirely separate thing I'm not going to get into right now. Like I said, there are plenty of prophecy experts out there that you can consult. Uh, go on my Instagram, message me. I will send you a lot of accounts that are a lot more knowledgeable on this than I am. But just hear me out when I say I'm mentioning that because I, I want to tell y'all to not be deceived into thinking that any politician or any public figure out there could stop God's word from coming to pass. Okay, that's the point. Because as I said, it is and it always will. And it always has. God's word will never return void. So let's not be, as the body of Christ, scripturally ignorant amidst all this propaganda and everything we see online. Okay, don't lose your brain to emotionalism or to the or or to the or to the popular narratives, right? Remember we are not to feed on bread alone, but from the word of God itself. So stay in the word. And this whole situation for me personally, I want to share that with you because and encourage you to that because this has all really encouraged me to dive even deeper into the word than I already do as I'm recognizing like never before the truth of 2 Timothy where it, it tells us to rightly divide the word of God. It's so important. And part of that rightful division means that we must understand God's covenant with Israel. Okay, yes, we can objectively and circumstantially observe the politics, what they are, and, you know, no, no, knowing that that's all corrupt. And we can acknowledge, okay, we can acknowledge that there has been suffering of innocent lives on the Palestinian side as well. Those two things can coexist. We can acknowledge all of that and so on. But scripturally, it is pertinent for us to be wise in knowing that God is not done with Israel. Nor did the church, by the way, us, the Gentile church, replace Israel. We did not replace Israel. Honestly, I wasn't even aware that this whole idea of replacement theology, as I've heard it called, was even a thing up until this past week. Because if you ask me, you have to do some serious biblical gymnastics to make the word say anything other than what it actually says pertaining to the two separate covenants the one that God has with Israel, the nation and the people, and the one that he has with us. Replacement theology is a lie from the devil, okay? It is 100% one of those doctrines of demons that 1 Timothy tells us to not be seduced by in the later times, in the end times. And we have Zechariah 12, Jeremiah 31, Romans 11 as just some examples that completely destroy the argument or the debate that God is done with Israel or that we have somehow replaced Israel. Y'all, it is because of Israel that we have been grafted in. We are the inclusion. We are the addition. We are not the replacement. Zechariah literally calls Israel the apple of God's eye. And I've surprisingly seen a lot of pushback from Christians over Israel because of their current state of sinfulness, believers that are being swept up as, you know, like I mentioned in the propaganda, the emotional manipulation and the works of the flesh, might I add, saying that they cannot believe myself and many others are encouraging prayers over Israel. Well, if that's you, look, I love you, but let me ask you this. 
should Jesus not have died and rose for you? Because this whole story of the Israelites is a reflection of our own sinful hearts that the Lord washed clean. It all shows God's faithfulness, God's omnipotence, his unchanging pursuit. It's literally the embodiment of what scripture says that he is the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Of course we should pray for them in spite of the current state, right? Because God met you where you were when he saved you from depravity. And he promises in his word to meet Israel where they're at. He instructs us to pray for them. The peace of Jerusalem that we see in Psalm 122, right? We do not reject them simply because they currently reject him. We pray for God to open their eyes and petition to the Father that he reveal Jesus, the Messiah, to them, right? We don't just reject we pray, we intercede, we invite. And to be clear, okay, none of this means, none of what I'm saying means that they, Israel, are above rebuke or that they get a hall pass of salvation when it comes to denying Christ or any of that. But the fact remains that they have been chosen by God, okay? And look, I know is Israel politics are probably worse than even what we have going on in America right now, like the rest of the nations in the world at this point, honestly. But God's covenant with them has not disappeared. That has and always, I mean, that has always been very clear to me from very early on in my salvation. As I said, I, I didn't even know this replacement theology thing was a thing because it's just so cut and dry, if you ask me, in the word of God that he's not done from Israel. It's, it's very clear from simply reading our Bibles. And, you know, I think to that, we would all do well to get off YouTube in this time and study our Bibles, says the girl with the YouTube channel. But listen, it, I say that because I don't care about my clout. I don't care about myself. I, I, I'm dead to myself, right? I'm alive unto Christ. I care about encouraging my brothers and sisters in the faith with truth and glorifying Jesus, glorifying Christ alone and obeying, honoring, yielding to the Holy Spirit and the word of God. And a part of that means, yes, obeying scripture, praying for Israel because we know that Jesus is the word itself made flesh. So when we obey the word, we're obeying him. So we, as his, we belong to Christ as his, we must honor what has always been his, which in this case is Israel. And I really, as I said, I don't really want to spend too much time preaching this because I want to get to the prayer. I just want you all to take heed and knowing that Jesus's return isn't happening on our timeline. It's not happening on America's timeline. It's happening on the timeline of Israel and what unfolds in Israel. And despite that biblical prophecy is indeed unfolding before us, there is still much more to come before Jesus's return, which of course no one knows or can guess the day or the hour of. I'm not trying to do that. But the one thing I do want to mention um, something that my husband brought up to me, which feels really important to remind all of you with right now, because I even needed the reminder myself amongst all the hysteria, is that in 2 Thessalonians, it is clear that the Antichrist actually comes before Jesus. So, you know, everyone's like, Jesus is coming back soon. Jesus is coming back soon. Hallelujah. And yes, hallelujah indeed. However, remember that the Antichrist comes back first. So be watchful and be vigilant as his word commands, which means in part, to be mindful of the deception that is impending with the Antichrist, right? And I won't pretend, as I said, to know when or how soon that is. 
Just know that the world is going to embrace the Antichrist as the Messiah. And there will be a great deception. And again, we know from Timothy that in the last days there will be a great falling away by doctrines of demons that says even the elect may be deceived. So let's, you know, let's not let fear sweep us away with that. Let's let's trust in what his word says, that his sheep know his voice and that he is a good shepherd, right? So we'll know if that voice is not his. Let's just stay in the word, pressed into prayer, in communion with the Holy Spirit, in fellowship with strong believers, learning from our pastors and our elders, being discipled, and most importantly, walking in steadfast faith. That Jesus is coming not only to fulfill the the covenant with Israel, but he's coming back to fulfill the covenant with us, his church, to bring us home to everlasting life, right? And look, I'm from America, so I I speak on behalf of America when I say that. America isn't mentioned in prophecy nor the book of Revelation. Um, And even though that is true, prayer is never hopeless. Okay, I've seen people say that. Well, if America isn't even in the the book of Revelation, what's the point of praying if if we're not even going to be here? Prayer isn't trying isn't about trying to change prophecy. Prayer is not about trying to change prophecy. It's about interceding for the lost. It's about the the petition for God's word to come to pass at his will, right? His will be done. And I believe I am saved largely due to the fact that my best friend did intercede for me for two decades, And back to the beginning of this, when I opened with that God hears the prayers of the righteous, who are we to doubt his response to those prayers? Look at my salvation. He heard my best friend. He heard those prayers because she was made righteous before him because of her faith in Christ. And so he saved a wretch like me on behalf of of those prayers. He's a good father, okay? We let's not forget that he's a good father and for the prayers of his children to fall on deaf ears is simply not his character. So don't let the devil lie to you because he is a liar. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. That includes your prayer life. Um, And to that point, don't let the enemy tempt you with fear in this time. Not only discouraging you to pray, but just discouraging you to feel hopelessness. I know that hearing America isn't in Revelation and the word from Zechariah about all opposing nations being crushed could make it easy to yield to the flesh in like panic, right? But remember that when we take things personally or offensively or let ourselves fall victim to the devil's attempt to scare us, it's in those moments that we are exalting fear, where we are holding lofty opinions over the word of God, which is why we must take those thoughts captive as the word says, and remember who we are because of whose we are. We must remember that God's promises to us are promises that are kept as they are with Israel and that we have nothing to fear because he is our refuge. Okay, his word promises in Revelation 21 that he will wipe every tear, that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the formal, former things shall pass away. Y'all, we get eternity with the Lord. Remember that this is all just a blip in the interim. One last thing before we pray, I promise. And, um, and that is I want to encourage you all 
just in lieu of that, you know, the fear aspect, I want to encourage you all to read through Psalms right now. Um, be studying prophecy and understanding all current events through a biblical framework, of course. Yes, be teachable. Um, be listening, be watchful. But Psalms right now is phenomenal for mind renewal specifically to really ground in the safety of the Lord. Because what David endures throughout these scriptures is entirely relevant to present circumstance and definitely for what may be to come or what is to come. Um, Psalms came up for me right now. I'm doing a 90-day Bible challenge and God's timing is never an accident that, I'm, that Psalms is where I happen to be at during that timeline. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just really encouraged by it right now and how the Lord is speaking through his word as he always does. And, you know, a lot of people take Psalms out of context to say that David was mentally ill, but we know scripture interprets scripture, of course. So when you know the Old Testament surrounding Psalms and just the nature of what David is describing throughout them, you see that what he's going through is persecution in unprecedented times. How often have we heard that expression in the last three years, huh? But it's true. David doesn't know what's going to happen, what enemy he will face when he rounds any corner. And he feels very justifiably spooked because of all of that, knowing how many people are out to kill him. But what does David do? He laments to the Lord because we are allowed to do that. But, but then almost immediately, every time he combats the temptation of hopelessness with praising God, he replaces the lies with the truth. He crucifies his flesh and gains the mind of Christ, who of course hadn't come yet. But what I mean by that is the mind of Christ is the mind of victory, victory in the Lord. David knows his enemies will be destroyed, that his salvation is secure with God. He knows that his feelings nor his persecutors are any match for who God is and what he promises. So yeah, I just... I just really recommend we all be renewing our minds with the book of Psalms right now. I think it's excellent for such a time as this, which, by the way, you can take confidence in knowing that you were born for. All right, I'm really going to pray now. But um, first, I want to actually read a psalm to you guys to lead us into prayer. Um, I want to read it over you. It's Psalm 91. And uh, I'm going to put it on the screen for y'all to read along. Really just kind of let this wash over you as we lead into prayer, okay? He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. 
No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name, says the Lord. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hallelujah. So let's pray, brothers and sisters. Pray for Israel, pray for the innocents, just pray for everybody. If you could just join me in prayer right now. <sighs> Father God, we just come before you right now. Just just coming to the throne of God, which we want to thank you that we have the absolute privilege and honor to do so because of your son, King Jesus, that you sent because you so loved the world, Lord. And we know that term is literal, that you loved the world. And we know that it is not your will for any man to perish because that's what your word says. And so, Father, we're asking that your will be done on behalf of that word. That no one would perish. Lord, that the enemy would not steal, kill, and destroy the lives of those that you knitted together in the womb, Father God. You created them in your image. You breathed life into their lungs. And they've turned from you, not only the nation of Israel, but people all over the world, Father. And so we're going to start just in light of the events now, Father, to just lay Israel before you right at the foot of the cross. We want to thank you, Father, for the way that you have shown us throughout your holy word what will come to pass, what has come to pass, and what will always come to pass, that you have given us this biblical timeline so that we may be vigilant and sober-minded in these times and that we may not be deceived. Just thank you for how you have given us this holy word as a way for us to navigate in this fallen world, Father. And we pray on behalf of Israel, despite their politics, despite their sinfulness, despite their resentment, and despite their current rejection of you, Lord, because you have not rejected them, we pray on their behalf. We pray that you would open their eyes and reveal to them that Yeshua, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah, that they would receive him in faith and be saved by grace, Lord God. We plea with you that that covenant be fulfilled, your covenant to Israel be fulfilled, and that they spend eternity alongside you with all of us that you have so graciously grafted into your church as your sheep, as your children, as your adopted chosen, but we know that Israel has always just been your chosen, simply. 
And so we intercede for them right now. And we just all, as your body, as the body of Christ, come together in agreement against the enemy's schemes to keep them blind, to keep them stuck, to keep them in a dead religion. We come against all of that in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we plea. We know that prophecy must unfold, but we pray that it will be done quickly and that you would draw near to the brokenhearted, those who are losing children, who are losing siblings, husbands, wives, that you would draw near to them in this time and that you would use their broken hearts, that they would crack open and let you inside that those hearts of stones would be so broken that they just split open and soften to you and your truth, Lord. And Father, we pray that those who did lose their lives, that they would be with you now. We pray that they are with you now, Lord. And Father, we pray for the innocents in Palestine too because we know, we know that things aren't just black and white. We know that there are innocents there too. And so we pray on behalf of those folks because we know that you hate violence, you hate bloodshed. And we know because your word says so that you will always justify the wicked. And that you will see the righteous will be done. You will judge the wicked and justify the righteous. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for all, for all, you know, for giving all of us this opportunity to just pray on behalf of all lost souls everywhere. Lord, you know all their names. Every person in this world that does not know you, you know them because you created them, Father. You know who they are. And we know that your word says that they are children operating in a spirit of disobedience, children of the devil at this time. And we just pray that you would adopt them into, in, into, into the body alongside us to spend eternity with you. And Father, I pray that you would use this, what is unfolding right now, as means to open the eyes of all that are blind. That they would look around and perhaps for the first time recognize that your holy word is not a book of fairy tales, but that it's actually what we're living in, right? We're not in a matrix. We're not just a, com a combustion of cells and atoms spontaneously just here in the universe, right? We are living out your word because you are the ultimate creator. And I pray that they would see that, that they would humble themselves and recognize, wow, God is who he says he is in his word that claims to be what it is. And that means that Jesus must be too. And Father, I pray that they would fall to their knees, all the lost in this world, that they would just fall to their knees in repentance, crying out to you, Lord Jesus, in faith, inviting you in faith to just kill their sinful self and resurrect them in new life as a new creation with you unto you forever and ever. We just really pray that those blind eyes would be open, that those hardened hearts would soften, 
that those deaf ears would hear. And Lord, just thank you that we have the opportunity to pray, that we have the opportunity to intercede. Father, thank you for those of us that are that are not directly being impacted by the violence. Thank you for our current safety and protection, however long that may last, because you're giving us the opportunity to intercede. You're giving us the opportunity to pray, to praise, to worship, to stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic while we're still here for however long you will that to be, Lord. Just thank you that your word is true. Thank you that your word is true and that your son, Jesus Christ, is the word made flesh. Thank you for Jesus, Lord. Thank you for his covenant with us. Thank you for his bloodshed that washes us clean, that makes us righteous before your sight. Thank you that it is his finished work on the cross that reconciles us back to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your perfect ways and your perfect plans. Thank you for your peace, for your promises, for your safety, for your goodness, for your sovereignty, and for your protection, Lord. We know that your word says in Revelation that all these old things will pass away, that all the death will pass away, all the tears, the mourning, the pain will all pass away. The persecution will be no more. But Father, we know we're not of this world. We're just in it. And so we know that while we're in this fallen world, we're going to have to ride out the things that your word says will come to pass. And Lord, we thank you that you, again, have given us your word to navigate through that. But more than that, you've given us your spirit. It says that your Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Spirit of the living God is inside of us, Father. And we just thank you for that. Lord, we pray that your spirit would teach us, that your spirit would guide us, that your spirit would commune with us, that your spirit would embolden us to demonstrate the gospel in the time that we have left to bring a revival of your spirit, Lord, not just intellectual theology, but the supernatural wonder of who you are. Demonstrate that because that's who your son is and that's the spirit that he put inside of us as his. So we pray that we would just demonstrate and boldly proclaim the fullness of the gospel, that we are saved by grace through faith alone, that we can lay hands and heal the sick, that these signs and wonders shall follow those who believe, that greater works than, than these, than what, that what you did, Lord, will be done through us who are yours that we would never underestimate the power of prayer. And Lord, I come in agreement with my brothers and sisters right now to just rebuke the spirit of fear because your word says you have not given us a spirit of fear. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of sound mind. 
And I know that sound mind is our helmet of salvation, Lord. And so I plea with my brothers and sisters that we may all put on the armor of God together right now. We put on that helmet of salvation that brings us a sound mind. We walk in the shoes of peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Even in a world that's like in, engulfed in what looks like hellfire, we walk with peace that makes no sense to the world, a peace that is contagious to the world because it's your peace. We put on the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that it's not our works that make us righteous, but you working through us that makes us righteous. We put on the belt of truth, girding our loins, our reproductive system with truth so that we may only reproduce truth. We may not reproduce fear or the lies of the enemy that want to tempt us into panic or tempt us into hysteria or tempt us into hopelessness. We cancel that assignment of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy our peace and our truth and our salvation and our righteousness and our prayer right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Our Father has not given us a spirit of fear. Hallelujah. We yield the shield of faith. In Jesus' name. To, to just hold up against those fiery darts of the enemy. That he is trying to sling at us. That the shield of faith would extinguish all those fiery darts. And of course, your Lord, we, we yield the sword of the Spirit, which is your word. Oh, Father, I pray that you would just really, that you would convict my brothers and sisters and myself to just deepen in your word, in understanding of your word, in your prophecy, in your promise, so that we may not be led astray by doctrines of demons and seducing spirits, Father. We thank you that you are the good shepherd and that your word promises that your sheep hear your voice. We thank you that we have the privilege of being your sheep in this time. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your victory. When all the circumstances around us seem like everything else has won, the devil has won, the fear has won, the world has won, we know who has actually won, who has defeated the darkness. His name is Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are king. And we thank you for our victory because of you. Thank you that we can walk in that victory, walk in the faith because your word says our faith makes us whole. Our faith heals us. And so may all of us just walk in the steadfast faith that we are victors in Christ, not victims of the flesh or victims of our circumstance or victims of the devil or victims of the world. We are victors in Christ. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Heaven and Healing Podcast. I pray that you are blessed by it. Please do consider financially partnering with the ministry. Different ways to support the show are listed in the episode description. So be sure to check that out. If you were fed today, 
Don't just dine and dash. (laughs) And be sure to share this episode with a friend or family member that you feel could use it. Post it to your Instagram story and tag me so that I can personally thank you for supporting Heaven and Healing. If you are interested in hearing or watching the Q&A live chat that happens at the end of every live stream, you'll have to subscribe to Heaven and Healing Podcast on YouTube to watch the rest of the stream where we do that live Q&A at the end. Thank you all so much again and God bless.